They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, we've made it to the very end of our five-week series about loving God with all that we have. I'm your host, Jamie, of this show, The Happy Hour, and I'm really glad you're here. This series has been probably one of my favorite things that we've ever done, and I hope that you have enjoyed it as well. This series has been all about loving God. We took our series from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 10, verse 27, when Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And so far in this series, we've had some great guests. Scott Sauls was on to talk about loving the Lord with your heart. Trina McNeely joined me to talk about our soul, Elisa Keaton about our body and strength. And last week, Christy Anwa Boyle was here about loving the Lord with your mind. Today, we're finishing up this series. It's the last episode in the series, and it's the final part where it says, love your neighbor as yourself. And I knew exactly who I wanted to talk to about this, and that was our friend of the show, Pastor Derwin Gray. Derwin's been on many times before, and every time he's been on, it's been a great conversation. And today is also that. We talk about what does it mean to love our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Derwin walks us through the story of the Good Samaritan. And I was so, so just like sitting on the edge of my seat as he was talking today. I want to also let you know that we recorded this uh, just a handful of days after the tragic Buffalo shooting that happened uh, in May. And so we talk about that at the end. And it is it is worth every single minute that we spend on it of your time. Uh, Darwin and I both got a little bit passionate about it because we do feel passionate about this and we think that it's important. You guys, don't forget, if you have not grabbed yourself a shirt to go along with this series, uh, go get one now before they're all out. And there's a coupon code there too. Go to jamieivy.com slash love God. You're going to find information about every guest from this show so you can go back and listen to them all. You're also going to find a coupon code for the shirt and see everything that this series has. All right, you guys, here is the final episode in this five-week series. I can't believe it's over. I've loved it so much. Uh, This is our friend Derwin Gray. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. 
Enjoy live music. Visit internationally recognized art museums and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Uh, Derwin Gray, welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's always good to be with you. And you're in my home state of Texas, up in Austin, not too far away from San Antonio. So it's always good to talk to my Texas people. Listen, I feel like that you have you're you're creeping up as the most times on the happy hour. And uh, it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, because you're amazing. Number two, because I love having conversations with you. And number three, you're just doing some phenomenal work uh, in your local uh, church and then throughout the world. And so Real quick, in case anyone has not been around the happy hour for a while, tell us the church you pastor, what you do. Yes, my uh, bride and I, Vicki, co-founded Transformation Church uh, in 2010. We are an intentionally Jesus-centered, gospel-shaped, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church where justice, evangelism, discipleship, all coalesce into something beautiful. God has blessed us immensely. Uh, in my previous life, I played in the National Football League for six years. 
Uh, I am a father. Vicky and I have been married for 30 years. Uh, daughter 25, son 21. And I just released a brand new book called How to Heal Our Racial Divide. It's the best book I've ever written and the most important book I have ever written. So that's kind of, that's who I am. I love it. Um, Derwin, I read the book, loved it. It came out this April in case you guys were wondering about it. And it goes really, really it goes really well with what you and I are talking about today. This is the final um, episode in our whole series about loving yeah. God with all that we have. And we've said it a lot throughout this series this summer that mm-hmm. honestly, it feels weird to say because we should be super Christians, but loving God with all we have is just downright hard work. It is. Mm-hmm. It takes courage. It takes strength. It takes tenacity. Uh, God gave us the spirit for us to do that. But we want to be followers of Jesus who are really committed to loving him with everything. And Jesus finishes up that statement that he gives in Luke that we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks on the podcast with love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And I think this might be something foundational that we learn, especially those of us like me who grew up in church, like do unto others as you want them to do unto you and love your neighbor yeah. as yourself. And yet, Derwin, this is maybe one of the hardest commandments that God's given us. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, so this is this is what I would say to that. Um, I think that particularly for those of us who've grown up in the church, I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, there's this view of a transaction. Jesus died for my sins. I get to go to heaven when I die. I escape hell. So let me just kind of get mine and do my thing while I'm here on earth. And what I want to say is we need to reframe that story that God not only dies for our sins, but he died and rose again to put us in a family with different colored skins. And this family is the family that God promised Abraham way back in Genesis 12. Abraham, through you, I'm going to give you this family made up of all the families of the earth. And so through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, nation of Israel, the Jewish Messiah comes to give God the Father, this multi-ethnic family, this every nation, tribe, and tongue family, this family is redeemed, it's blood-bought, it's loved, it's filled with mercy and grace, temples of the Holy Spirit, and we learn to receive God's love, love ourselves, and then love our neighbors as ourselves. This is fundamental to what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so in Jesus's day, uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine deals with love, God with all your heart, my soul and strength. And then Leviticus chapter 19, nine through 19 was added, love your neighbor as you love yourself. This command can only be accomplished through the indwelling life of Jesus. And so let me say this, it is impossible to say that we love God without a growing awareness of loving our neighbors as we love ourselves because God first loved us. And so we need a recalibration that this isn't something we have to do. This is a gift that we're invited into. I'm a preacher, so let me say it again. This isn't something that we have to do. It's a grace gift that we are invited into. And you know what's awesome? When Jesus in Luke 10, 25, the whole conversation about the commandments of which is most important was from a religious expert or scholar who wanted to catch Jesus in a lie, basically. 
And so when Jesus says, love your neighbors, you love yourself, the religious scholar in verse 29 of Luke 10 says, well, who is my neighbor? Now, let me pause here. This is so important. For that Jewish religious scholar in the first century of the second temple Jewish world of Jesus, your neighbor for a Jewish man would have been another Jewish man. And here's why. Because of the historical oppression of Gentiles over Jews. Think about it. The Egyptian Gentiles held the Jews as slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Then when God delivers them through the miraculous Passover, the Gentiles, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Zebubites, the Perizzites all want to destroy the, the, the Jews. The Jews get to the promised land, but because of their disobedience, they're taken into captivity by more Gentiles, the Bab Babylonians. And then finally, when they get to the promised land, it is being occupied and dominated by the Gentile Roman Empire. Remember in Acts chapter 10, around verse 28 through 32, Peter tells Cornelius, a centurion, an Italian, he says, hey, usually I couldn't even come into your house because you're a Gentile, you're unclean, but God has shown me, don't call unclean what I've called unclean. All those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so there is deep, deep ethnic tensions, just like we have now. Um, America has deep ethnic tensions, and we really need to go back to Jesus because, Jamie, he tells this incredible story. He says, hey, there was a man, and we know he was a Jewish man because he didn't call him a Gentile, who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's 17 miles 3,000 foot descent. He's robbed. He's beaten. He's bloodied, left for half dead. And a Jewish priest and a Jewish Levite coming from Jerusalem passed by the man. Well, in the story, no, the Jewish priest and a Jewish Levite should have stopped for another Jew. And there was no fear of being unclean because they had just come down from Jerusalem where the temple was for the Jewish people of the first century. The temple is where worship and praise and forgiveness and God's Shekinah glory was. So, so they're walking down this road from Jerusalem to Jericho and they see a dead man or someone who looks dead, someone who needs help, and they walk past him. That's not supposed to happen. I wonder how many issues we walk past, particularly dealing with loving our neighbors that we don't want to get involved in. Maybe immigration reform, maybe uh, the racial ethnic tensions that we see all around us. Maybe we have loved ones at dinner time or Christmas or Thanksgiving that say racist things and, and we just don't want to be a part of it. And we just walk on by. Mm. But then Jesus does a Jesus thing. He says, and then a Samaritan Oh my gosh, the Jewish crowd, Jamie, would have went crazy <laughs> yeah. because a Samaritan was the enemy. Yeah. And you know what's cool is the scripture says in Luke 10 33, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. Mm. We will never love people beyond the label we give them. Wow. He saw the man. He didn't see his racial right. enemy. 
He didn't see a Jew. Mm. He saw a man made in the image of God. This is what we say at Transformation Church. Treat everybody like Jesus died for them Mm. because he did. Mm. Every human being is worthy of honor and dignity and respect. You don't have to agree with someone to love someone. You don't have to agree with someone to help someone. Then he says he had compassion. Compassion means to suffer with. I wonder what would happen. And this is what I found, um, Jamie, and maybe you can relate. Is uh, So our church at Transformation Church is probably 55 to 58% white. And what I found over the years is when our white members adopt children of color, especially black boys, when the black boys are little, they're cute. But when they hit about 14, 15, they go from cute to a threat. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. And what I've seen then is the white parents go, oh, my gosh, I never knew racism was this bad. I just never knew systemic injustice was this bad. And as their pastor, of course, I comfort them and and I say, well, how could you have not known black Christians have been telling you for so long? And so you don't want the problem to knock on your door before you care. I'm so glad King Jesus in the eternal counsel of God told the Father and the Holy Spirit, look, I know sin is going to enter the world. It's not my problem, but my love is the solution to the problem, and I'm going to go. That's the kind of people that we have to be specifically with loving our neighbors, that it may not affect people of our ethnicity, but if it affects someone else, even though it's not our problem, mm. our love is a solution to the problem. It's so good. And then, you, and then you know what else loving your neighbor means across ethnic lines is the Good Samaritan actually bandaged a man's wounds. That costs money. He poured olive oil to keep the wounds soft. That costs money. Then he poured wine to keep the infections at bay. That costs money. He put him on his own donkey. That costs money. And then he put him up in the inn and gave two denarii, which is like two and a half months of living expenses to be a racial reconciler in the gospel. It's going to cost you something. Just like Jesus paid a great cost. And you know what else? This isn't in the story, but I just imagine that when the Good Samaritan got back home to Samaria and he was telling his Samaritan friends and family what he had did, I imagine they looked at him and said, are you saying that Jewish lives matters too? 
How could you help a Jew? How could you help the people who enslaved us and oppressed us and who hate us? You see, an eye for an eye makes everybody blind. And it is only radical Jesus kind of love and Holy Spirit empowered love that can reverse the curse of hate. And then lastly, Jesus says to the religious Scholar, which one of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor? And a religious scholar says, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says in verse 37 of Luke 10, then you go do likewise. Right now, for your listeners, for you and I, Jesus is saying, take my gospel and go do likewise. I know there are people listening who don't believe that they can be the change. They don't think they're qualified. They don't think they're big enough or strong enough. Well, I've got good news for you. All God needs is your uh, Happy Meal and French fries and he'll multiply it. He just needs you to show up. He just needs you to say, God, here I am, allow me. And here's what's beautiful is when we allow the love of Christ to teach us to love beyond ethnic borders to our neighbors, our soul expands and we actually become more human, more of who we were created to be, more compassionate, more loving, more like Jesus. You know, that story is so beautiful, and I don't think I've heard it told as beautiful as you just did there, Derwin, but it makes me think about even right now in our current culture, and you and I are going to act as though everyone that's listening to this is a follower of Jesus, and if you're not, I pray that the Spirit moves in your life, but we're going to talk to people who have said, I want to follow the ways of Jesus Christ, and when I hear and I read scriptures about laying down your life for those around you, um, the way that they will know that you're my disciple is the way you love one another. Uh, the whole story you just told about the Good Samaritan, um, it makes me even do a lot of self-reflection on my own life and say to myself, am I truly caring for the needs of those around me? And, mm-hmm. and you and I are talking about um, racial, mm-hmm. ethnic divides here, but I live in the state of Texas and there's a lot of chatter right now. We're recording this in May. There's a lot of chatter right now about who are we supposed to educate here in this state? Like, are we supposed to educate yeah. immigrants or just educate, quote unquote, our people? And I hear stories like that coming out of our governor's yeah. mouth. And I think to myself, and I have mm-hmm. no idea who our governor follows as Lord, but it makes me think to myself, Man, I don't know that I could ever say that statement out loud. Yeah, yeah. Because there's that lack of love. And and that's a grand statement. And and it's here in the state of Texas. Every state has their own thing. And again, we don't do politics here. We just Mm -hmm. do Jesus. But my question for you is, in in living our everyday life, what does Mm -hmm. it look like to actually care for those around you that truly Mm -hmm. don't live next door to you because you're in different socioeconomic statuses or you're different uh, across different tracks in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. or who go to different schools than you or have different skins Mm -hmm. than you. What does it look like for us to really be followers of Jesus to say, I'm going to take this command seriously? Yeah. You you know, well, the first thing is we need to have courage like you just exhibited. Uh, We need to have courage. And this is one thing that I know I've, I've been around the block for a little bit now is that politicians want to get elected. Mm. Um, and in, polit- in politics, the tail wags the dog. Politicians are supposed to lead people into a future that is better, but oftentimes they're more concerned about rallying 
to the particular dysfunctions of their base. So let me say this um, by way of illustration. Um, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, our church has partnered with Christine Kane and Zoe churches in, in Poland to help immigrants. Our crowd, our, our, our church was enthusiastic. And after we applauded, I said, now also remember, we did the same thing when Syria was invaded by the Russians as well. And we're doing the same thing for immigrants seeking asylum and who are refugees at the southern border of the United States of America. All immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers, whether if they're Ukrainian, Syrian, are from Latin America are all made in the image of God. Right. There's not one group better than the other group. And I said, be careful as you're listening to how the media portrays yeah. what's happening in Europe. You hear things like, we can't believe this is happening in Europe. How can this happen? This isn't a third world country. And what I said to our congregation and what I want to say to the happy hour family is this, why are you surprised? Mm. World War One was caused by Europeans. World War Two was caused by Europeans. Some of the greatest tragedies on earth came out of Europe. So it's actually a racist trope to not think that those types of things don't happen as a result of European influence. My point is this. All people are made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. um, I was in Washington, D.C. recently with the National Association of Evangelicals. I'm on the board and we were lobbying for immigration reform. What does immigration reform mean? It means this. Number one, secure the borders, right? We can secure our borders and secure the dignity and honor of human beings. Number two, it means this, that there are dreamers, there are young people in America who are brought here by their parents, many of whom were escaping drug lords and narco states and all types Violence. of things. Mm -hmm. How do we have them a pathway to citizenship? If you've seen how complex immigration policy was in America, your head would explode. Exactly. And then we're supposed to ask people who don't even, uh, I'm going to get on a little soapbox over here, Derwin. And then we're supposed to ask people who don't even speak our language to find a lawyer and navigate the system that you and I can't even figure out. And we're college educated Americans. Jamie, <laughs> when I was learning this stuff and I seen the chart mm -hmm. of what it looks like, this is the conclusion I came away with. The immigration system is not broken. The immigration system is functioning the way it was designed to keep certain people out. Now, the disheartening thing for me was in speaking to politicians on both sides of the aisle, there wasn't a great urgency to fix the problem. And in my opinion, I think the problem is actually a rallying base for both sides of their parties to get their bases involved. Yeah, it's so this they, is what both I say sides for use us, it as pawns. Yeah. Well, yes, like mm -hmm. like chess pieces. Yep. So what I would say for those who follow Jesus, yes, we are to say, hey, secure borders are important. But when there are people in our country who are citizens of goodwill, uh, we should we should love them and honor them, bring them out of the shadows so that they can be functioning members of society. There are so many things that we can do that I hope that we 
eventually will do. But I don't know about you, but there are so many um, help wanted signs, job opening signs. So immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers are not taking American jobs. Mm -hmm. But it comes down to this. To love a human being means this. If I see you on the side of the road, I'm not going to ask you your immigration status. Mm. I'm going to come up to, to, to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see the person made in the image of God, and I'm going to bandage your wounds. I'm going to pour olive oil on you. I'm going to pour wine on you. I'm going to put you on my donkey. I'm going to put you up at the end because that's exactly what Jesus did for me. Mm. I'm the man on the side of the road. Jesus didn't come down from Jerusalem like a good Samaritan. He came down from heaven like a good God, and he bandaged my sin. He poured the oil of the Holy Spirit on me. He poured the red wine blood of forgiveness on me. And he didn't put me on his donkey. He put me on his back and he's going to carry me into his mm -hmm. father's house for all eternity. So until then, I can go and be merciful as he was merciful to me. You know, Derwin, we are recording this the Monday after the very tragic um, massacre in Buffalo, where 10 um, citizens were murdered while they were shopping by a white supremacist 18-year-old. And um, it is, it's hard to see some of the things that people say when scenarios like this happen. And it takes me back to Emmanuel Baptist Church and where the white supremacist walked into the church and sat yeah. through the whole prayer service and then murdered uh, the citizens there. And I, and I know that this conversation, there are going to be a lot of people who say, Jamie, the fact that you brought up that white supremacist in a conversation about loving your neighbor as yourself is a little extreme, don't you think? And I just think that for so long, we have taken this extremity of this, what happened and saying, this isn't actually what's going on. But I believe, and I think I have a suspicion that you might as well, that underneath a bunch of those layers are a lot of people who do not love their neighbor as Christ asked them to, who would yeah. profess to be followers of Jesus. And then we see this atrocity happen and wonder like, how did this happen? And I just would love to hear maybe your thoughts on this and how it has to go along with loving our neighbor and just have a moment of just lamenting with those families, even though obviously this is airing weeks after this, I hope we haven't forgotten. Yeah, you, you know, so so one of the first things that I'll say is for black people in America, violence from white supremacy and hatred of killing us is nothing new. Mm -hmm. So we think of Dylan Roof in 2015 walking into Mother Emmanuel. Uh, we think of the Tulsa race riots. We think of what happened in Charleston in 1963. Birmingham, Alabama was called Bombingham. In 2021, um, white supremacy and a domestic terrorism threat was considered the greatest domestic terrorist threat in America. And sadly, I have found many of my white siblings in Christ say, well, that's just fringe. That's, mm. that's not a big deal. But the reality is this continues to happen and it's a long legacy mm of white 
men fueled by hatred and specifically fueled by the racist ideology mm -hmm. called replacement theory, which basically says that strategically white people are being replaced in America and in Europe. So therefore, we have to do something to stop that. That is a racist ideology, and it is a conspiracy theory all over the internet and in many churches. And there are many political leaders who espouse those things. And so what I'm saying to the people listening, don't get defensive. Take some time and look at the historical reality and confront those racist ideologies. When you hear loved ones saying those things, when you see people posting that nonsense online because there are uh, white men who are disenfranchised, they feel like they've been left behind. And what greater way to get out your frustration than to blame the other? And so we need people. And then another thing, too, I want to talk to the parents. If you pay for the computer, if you pay for the smartphone, those are yours. And you need to know what your kids are into. How in the world does this young man, whom I will not mention his name, have full tactical gear, these weapons, without your parents not knowing? Parents, if you pay the bills, it is your job to know what your kids are into because it's not just only your life it affects. There were 13 people shot, 10 died. 11 were black. And he flat out said, this was fueled by racism. This is a deep problem. But Jamie, white supremacy also comes out in different other ways, uh, ways of ignoring minority suffering, uh, ways of being indifferent, almost like, well, we should be leading or it should be this way. I just want to say, 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 say this as a follower of Jesus and as a black man, um, I don't want to replace anybody. I believe at God's table, it's big enough for everybody. God is not a scarce God. He's a generous God. And so a part of loving your neighbor is Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but consider others better than yourself. Verse 4, not only look out for your own interest, but for the interest of others. And then lastly, I really want to challenge followers of Jesus to challenge their pastors to learn about racial reconciliation in the gospel. A part of this problem is we have not talked about these things and been equipped. I'm going to get on a soapbox and I'm going to jump off. I am sick and tired of hearing about how many campuses a church has. Listen, we have a big church. I'm not against big church, but what I am against is having big churches of fluff where it's filled with QAnon, Christian nationalism, consumerism, and the world is going to hell in a handbasket and we're bragging about how many campuses we have. And those campuses are filled with people who probably don't love their neighbors as they love themselves because they've never been taught what a Jesus-centered, good Samaritan, gospel-shaped love is. Mm. 
Mm. Well, I mean, uh, uh, and, and end of show. And you know what? I want to say this when you're talking about the what they don't know how to love their neighbors. I think so many times what we have is this American version of what loving your neighbor looks like and welcoming people who are not our same culture or ethnicity or who have not been here their whole lives. We feel like, well, you know what? They'll just be better off if they're not here because they don't have the American way down. And I'm telling you, when you start saying that, you are bowing down to the American way and not the Jesus way. And Amen. I think the first thing that we have to do as followers of Jesus, too, is to make a pledge that we pledge our allegiance to Jesus and Jesus alone. I love living in this country. I love my country. I'm honored to mm-hmm. be here. It is not my God. It is not who I bow down to. It does not dictate what I do. I follow Jesus for that. And I think so many times mm-hmm. people think, well, I have to do this because this is how we do it in America. And man, I just want the script to be like, man, I get to love people this way because Jesus died on a cross for me. And he said, I want you to love people like I love you. Um and, well, and, and that's and gonna be hard work. It is. We 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 are citizens of another kingdom yeah. here on earth. So because of that, the way we move, our being is not to preserve America. Our being is to let our light so shine that it glorifies our Father in heaven, which in turn will be good for America because I would be a good citizen. Mm. But the idea is not to preserve a culture. The idea is to permeate the culture with Christ. And if you want to know what that looks like, it looks like um, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. And so, um, I want people to be more Jesus-y. I just made up a new word. I like it. I want people to be more kingdom-minded because we have bowed down to false gods for too long and the cost is too high. The cost is too high. It really is. Derwin, thank you so much uh, for spending a couple of your minutes today talking about this. Like I told you before, man, I just hope this, this conversation causes people to love God more and to love their neighbor more. And I think there's, between you and me and anyone that's listening, we, there's always more that we could do. And I have a constant prayer of like, God, open my eyes, like, show me what's around me, show me how I can love um, those around me. And so you guys, uh, if you have not read Derwin's newest book, How to Heal Our Racial Divide, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, it goes a lot with what we were talking about today. And I think it is a very important, you said it's your best book yet. And I think that I agree, it is your best, most needed, 100%, everyone should read it this year your book. So Derwin, thank you so much. Thank you. Hey friends, I don't know if you heard when we celebrated 500 episodes. I mean, I still am not over it, but my team surprised me and they had some past guests and friends come on and really just congratulate the happy hour. Well, what they didn't (laughs) tell me, well, I didn't know about any of it, but we have so many congratulations that we're going to celebrate all summer long. So at the end of this episodes this summer, we're going to play a little feedback and congratulations some from, from some of my friends. And so here's one for today. Cheers to 500 episodes, Jamie, and cheers to you seeking and finding and searching for worthwhile stories to tell, including my own, when you voluntold me to be on the happy hour. And from that day on, um, I felt more confident and more secure that I had a voice and a story to tell. So thank you for doing that for me and for other people. Congratulations. Oh my gosh, you guys, that's my friend Andrea Holman, and she lives here in Austin. And 
She was kind of hesitant about coming on the show, but she has wonderful things to say. She's thoughtful. She is brilliant. She's intelligent. She loves the Lord. And I remember after our conversation thinking, I'm so stinking proud of her. And there it is. She has a story. You have a story. Everyone has a story. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivy. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.